You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Hi, lovelies. Welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip podcast. I'm your host, Danica. And as always, I'm joined with Riley. And we're sitting down with Isabel today. She's an exotic dancer who believes in being brave enough to be unapologetically herself and live the life of your dreams. She works to inspire women to embrace their divine femininity and be authentically themselves, regardless of what society says of them doing so. Isabel is a woman empowerment coach, a blogger, and a host of a podcast on spirituality and sex. Keeping in tune with her ideology of living the life of your dreams, Isabel has utilized her dancing career to travel the world, spending the last several months working in Florida, the Caribbean, and now Croatia. Today we learn all about what it means to be unapologetically yourself and what it's like dancing abroad. You guys are going to love this episode, especially if you've ever been curious about what it's like to travel and dance, especially overseas. So sit back and enjoy. Here's our interview with Isabel. Thank you so much for joining us, Isabel. Absolutely. My pleasure to be here. So firstly, we've seen you've been traveling quite a bit, giving us all extreme envy and jealousy. Uh, Where are you joining us from today? Right now, I am joining you from Croatia. Um... Kind of like this little buttfuck town called Marina that we decided to go to because we were supposed to be working out of a town called Rogoznica. Um, so we wanted to be nice and close to Rogoznica, but the clubs here unfortunately are closed. So we're kind of just hanging out in, yeah, Marina, Croatia, kind of in the middle of nowhere, but still super beautiful. Happy to be here. I've heard, I've heard that Croatia is stunning. And I've creeped your stuff, obviously, so I know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the water here is beautiful. There's still so much to see, but we're definitely loving it. Yeah. Well, so you've worked in Florida and the Caribbean before this, and now, like you said, you're in Croatia. But mm-hmm. how has it been traveling through kind of the tail end of COVID? Honestly, it's been so crazy. Everything is so up in the air all the time. You never really know what you're going to get. There's obviously the added stress of having to be COVID tested constantly and having to fill out so many entry requirements to get in. But then there's also the added stress of like showing up to the Caribbean and nobody told us that there's like an 11 p.m. curfew. And then like showing up to Croatia and literally two days before we're supposed to get here, the woman who we've been speaking with is like, oh yeah, by the way, like the club isn't open right now. We're hoping that it's going to reopen soon, but we don't actually know when that's going to happen. And we're like, oh, cool. So like you didn't tell us that when we sent you our flights a month ago and we're coordinating getting a working visa, you just decided to tell us like literally two days before we're supposed to come here. So everything's kind of up in the air and You never really know when things are going to reopen, if things are going to reopen, if things are going to get shut down. So it's a lot more, uh, I don't know, up in the air all the time. You kind of have to be settled into just not knowing what the fuck is going on and being okay with that. (laughs) That literally sounds like my biggest nightmare as like an OCD type A, very organized human. That sounds like torture for me to be like, where am I working today? Am I working today? Where am I flying to? What happens when I show up? I'd be like, I need to know like A, B, C, D, Z. Like, you know, so... That gives me anxiety for you. <laughs> how, did, <laughs> how did the clubs work in the Caribbean if there was a 11 p.m. curfew? Did you just work from, like, daytime till 11 or? No. So it ended up working out perfectly. Uh, the club was only open from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m., oh. which was really nice because we kind of thought – we worked a lot in Florida. I worked a lot – Olivia, who I'm here traveling with, She always works all the time. That's just what she likes to do. But I kind of like to have a better work-life balance. So I worked a lot tail end of Florida, expecting to go to the Caribbean and like kind of work like maybe three days a week and just hang out. But instead they had us working five or six days a week. So it was actually really nice that the club was only open for a few hours because otherwise it would have been like mad burnout. So it was nice to go in, just like do the three hours. Obviously like the money isn't great, Usually it would be like you sit around for the first couple hours of the shift and then at 10 p.m. everyone comes in and you basically just try and get in as many dances as humanly possible in the next like 60 to 75 minutes before they kick everyone out. 
Yeah, you have like your power hour at like 10 o'clock. That's crazy. Yeah. And then go home and you're like asleep by one, which oh. was so nice. I've never experienced that as a dancer before. So it was honestly such a treat. That sounds like yeah. heaven. How have the clubs been since uh, everything opened up again? Florida was bumping. So Florida, of course, is like a very conservative state. And I don't know if they necessarily ever really shut things down. If they did, it was maybe for a month or two. So when I showed up to Florida, I walked right into the strip club. I wasn't working. I just went there to check it out. I walked right into the club, walked up to the bar, ordered myself a drink with no mask, no plexiglass. Everything was wide open. People were giving lap dances. There's no like maximum capacity. And it was open until 5 p.m., 5 a.m. So Florida was like COVID didn't really exist. Everything like was just kind of carrying on as normal, which was a little bit of a shock and something to get used to, but so nice. It was really, really good in comparison to Canada, where like I hadn't really been inside anywhere without a mask for so long and hadn't been able to work in so long. So it was really refreshing. Yeah, I've like heard really good things about Florida being like bumping, but um, never really that it's a conservative place, but I guess like certain areas of, of Florida, it's also known for being like a retirement place, right? So it's kind of like you got the biggest extremes there. Where in Florida were you working exactly? I was working, um, <laughs> I haven't said anything yet because me and Olivia are kind of trying to keep it as like our own little like safe haven but we were working in the middle of the state on the east side I don't want to say the city I want to keep it on the low yeah, because it is like a nice little spot um but it wasn't Miami or anything I don't think that my like the hustle in Miami is kind of people have tables and girls will go up to the tables and kind of dance there and oh. people just make it rain like singles on them whereas oh, okay. the club that I was working at more in the middle of the state it was like a gentleman's club and you like the hustle there is to sell rooms right. so I'm not really like a like shake my ass and like make it rain on me kind of person I'm like a hello how are you where are you from kind of a more like intimate experience so. yeah and selling time yeah. over dances yeah mm-hmm. 100% I'm very much more that style too like having like the more like personal connection having them stay with you for a while as opposed to like the twerking at each table um not that either one is like better than the other it just works better for different girls for sure for sure, every girl just has to find the club that works for them. There's not a difference in like making more money or what is better or worse. It's just a matter of everybody has their particular hustle style that suits them a little bit better. And mine just happens to be I like making personal connections with people. That's Definitely. why I like really enjoy yeah. this job. I'm the same as well. I like much prefer mm-hmm. time where I can actually talk to them and get my personality across. I feel like that's my sort of biggest selling feature. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, I maybe I assume the answer now, but what has been your favorite place or club to work at so far? I don't know. It's honestly so hard to say because there's so many different factors. Like Florida, the money was obviously amazing, but there were nights when I kind of felt like I was like selling my soul Mm -hmm. to make it a little bit more just because there is the intimacy of the rooms. Like, you would sell 30 to 60 to two hour rooms. And when you go into that room with a person, there's no cameras, there's no nothing. Like you're kind of just in this room with this dude. And sometimes it's really good. And honestly, other nights, like as soon as the time started, I was like, oh, when is this going to end? This guy is such a nightmare. And the Caribbean, it was nice to only have to work for a few hours, but the money wasn't great. And in stripping, it's kind of important to have that end of the night, like go home and count your money and count your bag and be like, oh, it's all worth it. And when you don't have like that dopamine hit at the end of the night of being like, oh, like I love this job. I just made bank. And you're sitting around for two hours and two customers walk into the club all night and you don't get to chat with them. And you're like, oh, I wish I had talked to them. That's the only money for the night. Like it kind of gets inside your head. So every club has kind of it's ups and downs it's hard to say what my favorite is honestly Mm, they all have their perks and they all have their drawbacks I honestly I love brandies in Vancouver that was like a nice simple hustle not too late you show up whenever you want pretty easy so I might prefer stripping in Canada it's hard to say oh good to know what are some of the ways that the clubs differ in each place and how do they compare to Canadian clubs? 
Yeah, so, um, oh, so many, there's so many differences. Canadian clubs, $50 a dance, you pay out to the house, super simple, super straightforward. There's cameras in the rooms, so guys can't really get carried away. The earning potential is kind of like leveled out. You can't really have a night where you make $5,000 because there just isn't like the time in the night for it. Um, but super easy, super fun, really nice people. You don't have to do stage, which also makes it a little bit easier. Um, working in Florida, doing stage, which really scared me at first, but I actually love doing stage. It's so fun. Um, the potential to make a lot more money, but also the potential to have a little bit more of like a sus night, just depending on who the clients are and, I don't mean to throw shade at any Americans, but like American men, especially in the place where we were at, are a little bit more lost and a little bit more like deviant. So sometimes having to deal with the men there was super frustrating. Um, dancing in the Caribbean, pretty lax, not a ton of rules, no cameras in the rooms or anything. So kind of anything flies. It is like each song you can make a certain amount so the earning potential is kind of tapped out a little bit there as well but the interesting thing about the Caribbean is that um the guys can actually pay you 250 dollars like pay that to the club and then take you out of the club and you can just like leave with them which is really interesting so like they're kind of down with more of an escorty vibe as well which I never took advantage of because that's not my style so much but um, there's always the potential for that as well to make a little bit more money and you do stage there too and the stage there I love doing stage but the stage in uh, the Caribbean was they had like little platforms and then they had water around it so I was always <laughs> I was always so afraid when I was dancing that I was gonna trip and fall into this water so it was really intimidating to do anything even getting used to doing stage there like it took me a few times and you have to like walk on top of the bar all the way around at the end of your stage show so it's really interesting every place is so different yeah and every place you go you really have to readjust your hustle style to whatever works there because it is just yeah just a different hustle yeah well you actually made a comment there that the men are a little more lost which brings us to the next question because you do have a spirituality podcast and with that and also it talks about sex. So can you tell us a bit more about that? The spirituality and sex podcast? Yeah, so I have a blog and I have a podcast and it's a little blend. Like I am a real spiritual stripper. I do enjoy blending the spiritual and kind of sexual side. And so my podcast is... I make episodes kind of on and off talking about the experiences in my life, talking about the experiences that I have with men and setting boundaries. I have meditations to get you ready for if you want to do a night out and kind of self-love meditations and positive affirmations. And it's kind of just a cohesion of the two sides of myself, which is very sensual and very spiritual. And I feel like the combination of the two for women is kind of what unlocks our greatest potential because to be divinely feminine is to be a little bit sensual and a little bit sexual. And so I really just try to um, teach through sharing my experiences with men and in and out of the strip club and the things that I use in my life to keep myself grounded and to keep myself feeling sensual and spiritual and free. Yeah, I love that. I, and I completely agree that there's this um, kind of fusion of femininity and sensuality. I would encourage to like comfortably or without shame embrace those aspects. Did you grow up being more of a spiritual person or is that something you kind of found later in life and developed into? I feel like I was always a little bit spiritual, a little bit on the weird side and kind of in my own little bubble, and I didn't completely understand it. Um, and then I started practicing yoga when I was 17. I had a lot of experiences with like generalized anxiety when I was a little bit, like 15 to 17. I really struggled with that, and then I found the practice of yoga when I was around 17. 
And so I did my first yoga teacher training when I was 18. And I feel like that was really what started to unlock the more like spiritual aspect of myself. Mm-hmm. How do you find that sex, sex work and spirituality are connected for you? Um, I find that they're connected because sex work is kind of the sharing of your spirit. And I feel like if you're not careful, um, if you don't have proper boundaries in place, if you're not aware of what your moral compass is and what your values are, that sex work can be really detrimental for people. So the way in which spirituality helps to guide me through sex work is just that I pay a lot of attention to my spirit and to what experiences make it feel nourished and what experiences make it feel depleted. And in those times when I feel like sex work is really depleting me or if certain interactions with certain people or certain um, sexual activities make me feel not good, then I just really listen to that and I honor that. And I'm always trying to pay attention to how my spirit feels in these situations and give it whatever it needs to feel fed and to feel nourished. Mm -hmm. Going off on that too, like, do you have some advice um, for people that are feeling spiritually depleted while in the industry? Mm -hmm. Honestly, take a break, take a little bit of time away. And when you get yourself back to ground zero, because when you're, If you're already feeling a little bit depleted, it's really difficult to be aware enough of your energy to notice what is making you feel depleted. And I think it's really important to kind of get yourself back to ground zero. Stop drinking for a little while. Don't do any cocaine. Don't do any M. Like, do some yoga, drink some water, and get yourself back to ground zero. And then from that space, you're going to be a lot more aware of what makes you feel good and what makes you feel bad and the other really big thing is just drinking alcohol I've noticed that being in the club and being drunk especially in Florida that's where I would notice it the most because there are so many people in there and there are so many kind of lost souls that when you're drunk your energy is so susceptible to the negative energy of other people and um You don't really, it's really important to keep kind of a little aura around you to keep you safe and to balance other people's energy off. And when you start drinking, your aura becomes a lot more penetrable. And then other people's weirdo energy kind of starts to leak in and you start doing things that you wouldn't necessarily do before because your inhibitions are a little bit more lower. So just being aware of substances and just taking a day off when you need it. Yeah, you can work seven days a week, but it's not always great to work seven days a week. And sometimes you need to just take a little bit of time for yourself. And that's not a bad thing. You're not a bad person. You're not lazy. It doesn't matter if your friend hustles harder than you do because everybody has different needs for what makes them feel good and what is okay for them. So just honoring that and listening to that. Yeah, I definitely need to like, listen to that more because I am very guilty. I think I'm on like day 16 right now. Um, and I'm like never sleeping. I get off work from like six in the morning and I'm up for like eight in the morning things. So, um, I've been saying to, uh, Riley quite a bit that I'm starting to feel very burnt out or that I feel like a burnout's coming, but I struggle with like what you just said, like you're not a bad person for taking time off. I feel very guilty, um, when I'm not making money, when I'm not hustling. So, I think that's super important to remember that, like, you're still enough when you take a day off. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you mentioned something before about how there are certain elements in this job which can sort of lower our inhibitions to kind of keep boundaries in place. And I think a lot of people in the industry uh, find it difficult, especially with the temptation of money, to kind of assert those boundaries So do you have any advice for dancers who are struggling with, um, I guess, keeping the boundaries or asserting the boundaries in the industry? I would say my advice would just be, like, prioritize taking care of yourself over anything else and just trust that it doesn't matter how much money you have. If you're not feeling good about yourself, you're not going to enjoy it. And no amount of money is ever worth it. Like, when I was in Florida... The amount of money that I could have been making, I personally, I don't have sex for money. That's not something that I enjoy doing. And when I was in Florida, the amount of times that I was up in a room and a guy was like, name your price, you know, I'll give you however much money you want. And 
it was really hard knowing that if I wanted to, I could be making like ten, fifteen thousand dollars a night having sex for money and to turn it down and just be like, you know what, at the end of the day, that's not something that makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that's going to serve me. And you kind of just have to, you have to trust that when you're taking care of yourself and you're in really good flow and you're in vibrational alignment, that the money will always come and you'll always be taken care of. And it might not be as much, but you're going to enjoy it that much more because you're going to be feeling yourself and you're going to be feeling good. And at the end of the day, that's, that's worth the sacrifice in my opinion. And on those nights when I went home and I had a $700 night instead of a $5,000 night, I was just like, I can go to bed tonight and wake up tomorrow and just like feel good about myself and the choices that I'm making. And that's worth it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, just to touch on that, those price range, is it possible to make $5,000 nights in like in the States and that? Yeah, for sure. You can make so much money there. Like in high season in Florida, you could make like ten, fifteen thousand dollars nights for sure. Ten, fifteen thousand dollars a night. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's the not... potential is pretty unlimited. It's yeah, there's a lot of money there. That's wild. Yeah, that's not something you see here in the clubs in Canada or especially not BC. <laughs> no, like a two thousand dollar night in BC is like bumping like yeah. so good and that's like you're in the back room from the moment you start yeah, to you're the moment working your ass off for that for yeah. sure um yeah. something you said earlier that you're giving your spirit spirituality you're giving your kind of yourself to people and I completely agree this job is a lot of giving ourselves to others but we also I need and I'm saying this to myself too need to remember to give to ourselves as well Do you have any advice on how dancers can incorporate self-love into their routines, especially after having like a crappy night at work, whether that's like financially crappy or like sus men, I think you called them. Yeah. (laughs) That's what the kids are saying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, For myself, I, if I have like kind of an off night and I feel like I really need to treat myself, I always fast after work, but I'll make myself a bowl of popcorn Mm. and just be like, I deserve this. And I make sure that I meditate before I go to bed. I always pull a couple tarot cards. I do a little bit of journaling just to kind of get the night out of my body Mm -hmm. and onto paper and just to work through some stuff mentally. Um, I drink a ton of water and some tea and I just tell myself that tomorrow's going to be a better day. Tomorrow's going to be a better night. And I just go to bed and just kind of leave it at that. Mm-hmm. I think that's Cause that's advice. an important thing to remember in this job is that every night is so different. Mm-hmm. And just because you've had the worst night of your life tonight, doesn't mean that tomorrow is not going to be the best. Mm-hmm. And on those really bad nights, it's like, take it with a grain of salt, take it for what it is and just try again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good mm-hmm. advice to put kind of the night behind you, whether that looks like your journaling or for me, I usually do like a, like a shower scrub and I like symbolically kind of like scrub <laughs> off the night. Right. And that's like, I mean, mentally that kind of helps me to be like, okay, that night's behind me. Um, so I could see with like journaling the idea of kind of debriefing the night and then like putting it away. Uh, that's something me and Riley spoke about with another podcaster recently. He had asked, you know, you guys travel together. Why is that? And obviously there's many reasons, but one of them is it's nice to like leave the club and then be like, dude, we did so well. Like fist pump, proud of you. Awesome. Or fuck, did you see that goof ass guy? Like, ugh, or like bitch each other. And then like, you know, get that out of your system. So that's, yeah, it's a great way to kind of put the night behind you. That's so funny. That's definitely something, the amount of nights that me and Olivia leave the club and we're like, I'm so happy that I have you and we just talk shit and we're just like, it's so nice to just be able to run it with somebody else as opposed to going home and laying in my bed and just being like, what is my life? What am I doing? Yeah. I mean, we definitely say that too. We definitely said to each other, be like, what is life? But at least we can say it to someone else. <laughs> yeah, but it's nice to have somebody else there with you for it, for sure. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. So obviously a lot of people were curious about working abroad because um, a lot of people don't have experience with that, but they want to. So we had quite a few listener questions. I think we ended up pulling out 10 because there are some overlap, obviously. 
So the first mm-hmm. one is, are you getting a work visa for each place or are you able to do it under the radar? <laughs> um, so far, we've been swooping in under the table. Smart one. Um, yeah. Like, that's the nice thing about this job is that it's all cash, right? Mm-hmm. So as long as you figure out a way to um, get it into some sort of bank account or get it out of the country low-key, then you're kind of good to go. In Croatia, we decided to try and go legit and get a work visa. And of course, the work visa hasn't come yet. So hopefully we're going to be able to put some stuff on paper. That would be really nice. But so far, we have not done so. Uh, That actually brings us to another listener question is, how do you get the cash back home? Yeah, in other Um, words, like when you're making it, how do you get it back home without kind of like raising suspicion? Like, yeah. oh, I brought, I went, I went on, you know, I went on vacation and I'm $80,000 richer. <laughs> like, yeah. So leaving the country, if you were to go back, if you were to go like America to Canada, for example, you have to fill out a customs form and you have to declare the amount of money that you have and you're not allowed to have over $10,000. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit questionable. Um, but when we left, when we went America to the Caribbean, Nobody asked us anything. There was no customs for no rents for our bags. So there's the potential to take kind of an unlimited amount of money out of the country if you decide to go that route. Opening up a bank account every place that you go to, as long as you don't put an alarming amount of money into the account, either on like a weekly or a monthly basis, then you can put your money into that account. And I was doing wire transfers from my American account to my Canadian account. Um, buying things, you know, investing in some gold and like a really nice like Gucci bag or something like that, that you're able to take somewhere else. And at the end of the day, if you have a lot of money left over, like sometimes you just got to open up a safety deposit box and just leave some of it behind to hopefully go and get at a later date. Or you can also risk sending some packages with however much money you want to send, like put a G in a card to your sister and be like, happy birthday, love grandma. And just like send it on its way. And hopefully it gets there. There's no like really nice, like neat. Oh, actually the other thing that I heard about that I didn't try this time is that there's like crypto ATMs now. So you can put cash into a crypto ATM and you get it out in cryptocurrency. So that's a little bit questionable in terms of like if you put all of this money into Bitcoin and then Bitcoin crash, there's a potential to kind of lose all of it. So you could do that. I haven't looked into that enough to know if that's like a really great idea or not. But if you get creative, there's a lot of ways to finesse your money on out of there. Yeah, Yeah. we'll do the disclaimer right now that anything... Uh, Isabel advises you to do if you suddenly become broke as fuck and lose all your money, you cannot come after her. Uh, also, <laughs> or, get or arrested, us. or no. yeah. or us. No. <laughs> These are all allegedly statements. Hypothetically, yeah. <laughs> any of this, I don't work illegally ever. I've, I've never seen ever this girl in my life. Super <laughs> vanilla, don't mind me. I've never seen a penis before. Yeah. I've never worn stripper heels. <laughs> I'm just vacationing on a trust fund. I'm just a very rich stay-at-home girlfriend. Uh, no, I have heard a lot of things that you said. Um, buying gold, I've heard recommended. Jewelry. Jewelry. Um, buying luxury items and then ha- trying to hope that they hold enough resale value that it's worth it. I would recommend mm-hmm. people buying Chanel bags, Rolexes. Those tend to hold value better than other things. Definitely. Um, like gold, like we said, Chanel goes up. Um, regularly throughout the year, so you might make more that way. Um, yes, I've heard a lot of those. I have not heard the cryptocurrency, but I just don't know enough on cryptocurrency to really recommend anything like that. And I've also heard people say, you know, if you really do trust someone in the States, you could give them a lump sum and have them send it to you slowly over a period of time so it doesn't look too suspicious, but mm-hmm. I don't really trust people that much with all my yeah. money, so... <laughs> No, I don't think there's anyone that I trust enough to give them all my cash and good faith. So. Yeah, I'm telling exactly. Olivia. I was just going to say, <laughs> Olivia's in the corner, like, single tear. <laughs> so the next listener question, what are the rates for dances comparatively at the different clubs? 
And how are they received by the locals for working abroad during the pandemic? So it's kind of a two point. Let's first touch that first one. Um, how are the rates for the dances comparative to the Canadian clubs you're familiar with? Yeah, so Brandy's in Vancouver, $50 a song, 50 plus a tip. Hey. <laughs> um, and then you have to pay out, I believe, $20. So it ends up being like $30 a dance. Um, in Florida, it was for single dances, it was $25 a song. You give $5 to the house, so you leave with $20. Um, then there's lower VIP, which was, I believe, $500 for 30 minutes. And you keep $350 of that. Um, and then there's upper VIP, which is a completely private room, which was $800 for a half an hour. And you keep 650 of it. Oh, I can't remember if that's exactly right. And then $1,800 for an hour. Ooh, and ooh. that you keep $1,200 of. And it just goes from there. And then um, in the Caribbean, it was $30 a song. And the house takes eight of it. So you keep $22. And is that mm-hmm. in like... Are you kind of, when you're saying those numbers, is that converting it into Canadian prices or is that what it is locally in their, in their currency? Um, everything except for Canada is all USD and the Caribbean, it was USD as well. Oh, amazing. So you're making like 1800 American an hour on that, those hours. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah, Most clubs here that are for, for reference for most places in Vancouver, if they're buying time and not all clubs let you do that, which fucking sucks. If they are letting you buy time. On average, I'm seeing most hours go for about $600 from the client, and the girl gets around 400 of that. Uh, so you're like more than four times. You're like four and a half times it, plus the currency. So you're just fucking killing it in the States if you're selling time, Absolutely. clearly. <laughs> That's so crazy. $400 for an hour, hey? Yeah. That is a long hour. It seems like a lot of money, but sitting with a dude for an hour and trying to entertain him is honestly... Yeah. Like this work in the world. (laughs) Yeah. And I've worked at places too, where uh, you sell an hour and you're still in the dance room. So the guy like wants dances for the hour. It's not like you're in a lounge Mm -hmm. where there's drinks. Mm -hmm. So you're like literally moving dancing for 60 minutes. And Mm -hmm. when you only get 400, I know we're obviously all very privileged. So we speak from a privileged place, but $400 does not seem like enough for me to do all my cool tricks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You do like the same five moves over and over yeah. and over three, and over. Three moves at the oh, like, Back is broken. Oh. It's a long night. 100%. So the next listener question, how do you find out if clubs are hiring out of town slash traveling dancers? So if you don't want to just kind of or should you just show up and ask or can you call ahead Mm, yeah just email always just email florida i kind of had my in because olivia went Mm. to florida first and so she was the one that went to a couple clubs and found one that she liked and did all the work to get signed in there so for me i just showed up i just auditioned and i was in it was fine um Otherwise, yeah, like every other club that I've ever worked at, I have just like emailed them or sent them a message on Instagram beforehand. And then you send them a couple photos. They're like, yeah, sounds great. And then you just kind of show up and hope for the best. Mm, Okay. Yeah. I'm just wondering Mm -hmm. too, like if they are taking girls under the table, if they're going to like answer honestly in writing, right? Like (laughs) it wouldn't be really smart for them to, but I'm sure they're not really thinking. They always do. Oh, really? They're, okay. never, they're not too concerned, concerned about you being a pig? <laughs> it's never sus or anything. They're always just like, yeah, come on down. Oh, dope. Okay. Awesome. Swim so through. <laughs> yeah. Come on through, yeah. illegal dancer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the next question was back to kind of traveling, like, I guess now or during COVID you were traveling too. Did you need to be um, vaccinated to travel to these places? And is there quarantine when you come back? Um, quarantine when I come back, which is why I have not come back to Canada because I would honestly love to go home for a couple weeks. Like it's summertime there. I really want to see like my grandma and stuff. Um, so if there was no quarantine, I would for sure go back to Canada and go and pop in for a little bit. 
Um, everywhere that we've been so far, there has been, you have to get PCR tested before you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's fine. And there hasn't been any quarantine. And we actually, we got PCR tested one time and it came out positive. And so with that positive test, we're able to get a certificate of recovery saying that we recovered from COVID. So now traveling throughout Europe will be good for six months with no COVID test. All you have to show them is the certificate of recovery. And as long as, I don't know, people are kind of starting to crack down a little bit on vaccines. So I don't know if that's going to change things in the future. But as of right now, we can use that certificate and kind of go where we please. So Right, because both you and Olivia aren't vaccinated, correct? No, we're unvaccinated. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, Riley is vaccinated. I'm not. So that's something I we both really talked about was like how limited are we with travel with the vaccination process, but it seems like a lot of it is very much up in the air at the moment. Absolutely. It changes every single week, honestly. You just kind of have to just go with it. Definitely. So the next listener question is, do you get to feel that new girl magic constantly? A new girl magic? What do you, what does she mean by that exactly? I assume she means like when you're the new girl in the club, you're like the new shiny thing. So funny. I don't know. I don't know if new girl magic is a thing. I feel like for the first like week that I'm at a club, I'm like the new girl and I'm like the girl that like doesn't know the rules and I walk around like a little bit scared and like intimidated by the other girls. Mm. And then after a week, I'm like, I own this club. Like I'm the baddest <laughs> bitch here. And I just like move through with so much more confidence. So for me, I don't know if there's like a new girl magic kind of thing happening. You have like um, a delayed week new girl magic. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then I feel really fiery and I enjoy it. But that first week is always a little bit off. But there is for me the excitement of like when you get to a new club, there's like so much potential and you're so inspired and so motivated. So I really enjoy that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. How long have you been dancing for Isabel? Um... I don't know. It's a tricky question. I danced for the first time when I was like maybe 19 or 20 in San Francisco and I danced for a month and then didn't dance again for probably three years. And then I danced in Canada for like a year before the pandemic hit, didn't dance at all for a year during the pandemic and then have been dancing again for four months. So like all my time accumulated together, like maybe a year and a half, two years kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the first time that I ever stepped foot in a strip club as a stripper, it's been like five or six years. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay. Two things. One, I've been dancing for seven plus years and that like, I don't feel like kind of anxiety or those like butterflies when you start a new club. They, for me, at least they've never gone away. Like I've always, the minute I step in a new club, I've always felt that way, no matter how much years of experience or how talented I am. Um, I still get those. So um, sorry, it's never going to go away for you, um, most likely. <laughs> um, secondly, I have to say I think it is brilliant that you are um, so kind of new in your career still in some ways and utilizing it to travel and do that. Mm-hmm. I wish I had when I was younger. I so wish when I – like seven years ago, I had acknowledged that potential to make stupid money and see the world. So kudos to you for doing it. I am very jealous. Yeah. back to the listener Honestly, questions props to olivia on that one because i don't know if i would be doing this if it wasn't for olivia i've done a little bit of traveling but i never really thought to combine the two either but olivia is just like such a badass she's worked all over the world and just kind of goes for it and like she just has so much faith in herself and in everything always working out as a stripper that like i'm just kind of along for the ride with her I'm just like, where do you want to go? Like, she finds the club. She gets us there. So she's, like, she's the one making all the magic there. And I'm really grateful to have met her and to be traveling with her and taking advantage of this experience because I don't know if I would do it on my own either. It's so scary. (laughs) Showing up to a new club in a different country alone, like, I don't think I could rock it. I'm brave, but I'm not that brave. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I've traveled places and I've always kind of like forced a friend to come with me because I'm like, if we're gonna fail, at least I fail with someone. Like, <laughs> and on the opposite, yeah, exactly. And on the opposite, if it's great, I want to see my girlfriends like achieve that too, right? No, I totally mm-hmm. agree. Um, so we got to befriend Olivia. That's the plan. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, the next listener question here: What has been your best and worst experiences working abroad? Ooh, let me think about this for a second. 
Honestly, best experiences is just like just traveling in general and traveling with Olivia. Like, I don't know what it is. Me and her will do stuff on our own and it's just like a regular whatever, like go to the gym kind of like mesh my day. But as soon as we get together, the magic that is created around us is just like everybody talks to us. Everybody wants to hang out with us. Everybody's inviting us places like we just get to know people so well, like on the island in St. Martin, because it's such a small place. Literally everyone on the island knew us and like would see us and like send us messages on Instagram and be like, oh, I see you and Olivia. And people were always trying to hang out with us and take us places and show us things. And like that aspect of it has been so fun. We're definitely magnetic when we're together. And it's nice to just feel so serendipitously aligned and supported moving through the world. Um, worst experiences, oh, (laughs) (laughs) like, I have so many, it's honestly hard to choose, like, my second day in Florida, I got COVID, and I was, like, the sickest that I've ever been in my adult life for, like, 10 days, and me and Olivia call it the COVID hotel, we were, like, in this little, like, hotel room, like, I was just dying, I was so sick. Um, that was really hard. I ended up getting my heart broken by kind of like a fuckboy when I was in Florida and dealing with that was really hard. I was really sad. Going to St. Martin was like, we got a positive COVID test. We couldn't fill out the forms to get in. We kept getting rejected. We get there, find out that there's a curfew. (laughs) Like there are so many issues. I ended up getting like I got a skin infection, a bladder infection, and a staph infection in the sky in a foreign country. We show up to Croatia and nobody tells us, but the clubs are closed. So we're just literally hanging out, just like waiting to see if things are going to reopen. Like there have been so, so many hard times on this trip. And that's the funny thing is everybody keeps messaging me just like, girl, like you're living the dream, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you don't even know. Like, I'm living the dream, super happy to be doing this. But, like, there's a reason that not everybody does this. And it's because it's hard as fuck. And there are so many low moments and so many moments where things just go completely wrong. And, like, Olivia can always tell when I'm having, like, a bad day or, like, really going through it. Because I'm like, girl, like, I think I'm going to go back to Canada. (laughs) And as soon as I say that, she's like, SOS, like, shit, Isabel is struggling. Like, we need to really, like, lock this down. Because there is that small part of me that just, when stuff starts getting hard, I'm like, oh, like, retreat, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, this is too scary. This is too crazy. Like, I just want to go back to my comfort zone. So there's a lot of moments where I really just have to, like, let go and let God and just be like, I don't know what's going on right now, but I just have to trust that everything's going to work out and like surrender my efforts, surrender my need for control and just kind of go with the flow. Mm-hmm. A lot of practice in that in these past few months. Yeah, it sounds like it. The <laughs> next listener question is, how do you stay grounded when working and traveling at the same time? Um... The biggest thing is honestly just creating routines. Like the moment, the day that me and Olivia arrive to a place, we go grocery shopping. We like to have oatmeal in the morning and we like to have like nice like vegetable dinners for dinner. So we go grocery shopping and get everything we need. We find a gym that we want to go to and we go to that gym and we start working out. We go to the beach. Um, We create like our nice little home space and get settled in. And um, yeah, just keeping up with your routines more than anything, just knowing what you need to make yourself feel happy and stay sane and just making sure that you incorporate those and make those um, a number one priority wherever you go. And then once again, on those days when you are feeling a little bit ungrounded and things aren't going wrong, just really self-loving yourself and taking a step back and being like, I'm just going to make it through this bad day with as much grace as humanly possible and trust that I'm going to go to bed tonight and wake up tomorrow feeling better and just leave it at that, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely mm-hmm. me. I have OCD and routines are like everything to me. And that's one of the reasons why I get such bad anxiety traveling is because I don't have my routine. So 
usually if I know I'm going to stay somewhere long enough, I'll like unpack my bag and like have it like it's like a mini, mini home for however many days I'm there for. Definitely. I, I completely agree with that. The next mm-hmm. question, and it's more so a comment. Thank you so much for this. I've always wanted to dance abroad, but the process seems so intimidating. So really just any tips she has would be amazing. Tips, honestly, like find somebody who's down to do it with you. Like I find don't an know Olivia. if I, yeah, find an Olivia. I don't know if I would be enjoying this as much or able to make as much out of it if I wasn't with her. That's been absolutely amazing. Um, and pass that if you don't have an Olivia and you still want to do this, like just go for it. You know, just be all right with being uncomfortable except the fact that sometimes things aren't going to go super well and you might take a couple of steps back, but that's kind of all part of the process. And um, send me a message and get some tips on clubs and let me know where you want to go and I can help you figure that stuff out. And there's so many resources online as well. I know there's a girl called, I think like the strip club agency. I can't remember what her name is, but she will post about clubs around the world and yeah, you kind of just got to go for it. Just step outside of your comfort zone and just like full send and trust that things are going to work out. It's definitely worth it. I am so jealous of you traveling at the moment. I've been wanting to get out for the past year and somewhat now. Uh, what's the plan after Croatia? Mm, that is a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> we had a really good idea like we were thinking we wanted to do Croatia for like a month and then with all the money that we made working in Croatia we were going to vacation for a couple of weeks do like Montenegro Italy something like that maybe Greece and then we were going to go to Paris but now we're in Croatia and the clubs are closed and we're not sure if they're going to reopen and I don't know if you guys have seen what's going on in France but they're currently having like protests because they're trying to make like a vaccine passport um and they're trying to make it so you can't even like really go into clubs without a vaccine and so we don't really know there's like greece italy and spain we found some strip clubs yesterday and sent the messages to see what it's like there if we need like a plan b plan c and um when we're done with europe we're going to go back to florida and then back to st martin i think so it's Canada plan, is not, not in your future. on the radar. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea right now. We're just kind of going with the flow. And that's very so exciting, though. We'll, yeah, we'll see where we end up next. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've passed the listener questions. I'm sure we're going to get a flood of them when people listen to this. So I will pass those along to you. Mm-hmm. Before we let you run away to your next adventure, we ask three questions to all of our guests. And they're kind of like a little rapid fire, whatever comes to the top of your mind. So the first one is... Top of your what, mind? Yeah, I know. As soon as I top said it, I was like, that's not the phrase. <laughs> but it is now. <laughs> so the first one is, what is one thing on your sexual bucket list that you haven't done, but you'd like to try? <laughs> Honestly, I want to get DP'd. Like, it sounds so crazy, but like, I... Yeah, that's my dream. Like, two guys and me, DP. Mm. <laughs> I'm waiting for the day. <laughs> please go do that with some Greek gods when oh you're God, in please. Greece. Oh, yeah. Do it for oh, us. Cool. <laughs> yeah, do it for us stuck here in Canada. The next one. What is one thing you've tried sexually that you probably wouldn't do again? I don't know. Nothing comes to mind. <laughs> I'm kind of a hoe. I'm just down for whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's great. And There's, she's yeah. single, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Keep away if you're yeah. a fuckboy, though. <laughs> yeah, no fuck yeah I guess yeah, I would say just like fucking fuckboys. Like nothing that I've done sexually, but like who I've done things sexually Yeah, hundred percent. I would say like, I'm always kind of like squeezing people out Definitely. hindsight is a real bitch <laughs> in that yeah hindsight is 2020 always yeah <laughs> and last one here if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds what would you say be unapologetically yourself like stop giving a fuck what other people think stop giving a fuck what other people are doing and just like just do you whatever that looks like it doesn't matter if people judge you it doesn't matter if people don't like you for it 
Like, if you don't have any haters, you're probably not doing it right. So just be you and live your life however you want that to look like. Be as slutty or conservative as you want. Put whatever you want into your body. Just, like, just do you feel. 100%. I completely agree. So Mm -hmm. that is kind of the end of this episode. Isabel, where can people find you? Um, You can find me on Instagram at The Real Spiritual Stripper. And you can find my podcast and my blog at the real spiritual or the spiritual stripper.ca. Awesome. And as always, you guys can find me on Instagram at five zero plus tip or email at five zero plus tip at gmail.com. Slide into the DMs, email with any questions, comments, guests you'd like to have on, any questions you have for Isabel about traveling abroad. I will send them over to her and get you some answers. Thank you again, Isabel, so much for joining us. We are so excited to you know just maybe dabble in traveling abroad yeah, <laughs> yeah about it. come link us that would be so fun our girls trip yeah 100 yes. percent. yeah okay done we're done we're going bye yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so thank you again isabel absolutely thank you so much for having me i'm so happy that we could finally connect and to all the listeners out there have a wonderful week and happy halloween Bye. 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 Fifty Positive is brought to you by Bright Future. Bright Future is a Canadian-owned company that makes all-natural, premium-quality microdosing products. Their products are designed to stimulate focus, creativity, energy, and boost your mood while decreasing stress and inflammation in the body. Check them out on Instagram at get.brightfuture and on their website, getbrightfuture.ca. Use the code TIP15 at checkout to get your discount. That's T-I-P-1-5 to get your discount. Truly Lifestyle Brand is an all-natural, cruelty-free skin and hair care company that will have you looking and feeling your absolute best. Use their code TRULYPLUSATIP for 10% off your online order. Temptations Avenue Lingerie is a Canadian-owned lingerie brand with a variety of styles, ranging from sexy and wild to demure and sweet. Check them out on Instagram at Temptations Avenue and use code TIP25 to get 25% off your entire order. That's tip two five. Loveify is a Canadian brand that is focused on self-love and pleasure. They're all about empowering women and encouraging them to express their sexuality openly in a judgment-free environment. Click the link in 50 Plus a Tip Instagram and use code 50 Plus a Tip to get 10% off your order. That's 50 Plus a Tip to get 10% off.